Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Prairie Conlin is a mental health therapist who specializes in animal-assisted interventions. She's been working on a therapeutic modality, using animals as emotional support, and has consistently seen dogs make an improvement in the health of her clients. In addition, she's been a military wife whose own dogs have given her a sense of stability, comfort, and a common bond with her family over the years. Prairie, hi, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us on Dog Save the People. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. So where are we speaking to you from? I am in Wisconsin, home of the Cheeseheads. Yeah, I used to work in Wisconsin, uh, in Milwaukee, and the airport was filled with the Cheeseheads. It was quite a merchandising Mm -hmm. um, enterprise. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas, um, right around Dodge City, Kansas. I grew up on a cattle ranch out there and just had animals surrounding me all the time. I brought home animals. My parents put up with it <laughs> Yeah. and worked at a vet clinic through high school and of course would bring home animals from there. So had a pretty cool childhood with that. So when you went off to college, was your idea initially to become a veterinarian yourself? Yes, absolutely. Um, I loved animals. I loved working with them. And that was the plan was uh, I was pre-vet med, did change majors to psychology. It all kind of came about, um, I was uh, actually, I was Miss Rodeo Kansas State. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really cool. It was great to represent the school. And so I traveled the state. And as we traveled the state, we did a lot of charity events and everything. And we would do rodeos for uh, people with special needs. Um, I also have people in my family that have special needs. And I just really found that bringing these people to the rodeo events and and seeing them interact with the horses, you know, I would bring a horse to the rodeo and, and it just, it was just amazing. And it really was so impactful that year that I got to serve um, the state of Kansas as the rodeo queen. So I, I switched my major. That's kind of how that all happened. You entered into a double major, a dual major of psychology and animal science. Well, and at that point, too, I had completed so many hours that um, I did get a um, associates in science. So I got the two year degree in the animal science Mm -hmm. and then went on uh, for bachelor's of psychology. And then, of course, I have the two master's degrees in um, professional counseling and military behavioral health. Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot of school. It is a lot of school. But I I really, you know, it's kind of funny. Once you get specialized, I really, really enjoyed it. And honestly, if I could, I would just, I would go back and get more. I think it's, it's fun. It's pretty great. Yeah. No, I hear you. When I was in school too, I kind of hated to stop because I was really enjoying it. And it's a wonderful environment. So while you were at school, and this was so interesting, you ended up bringing a dog into your life at that time. Can you tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So my freshman year of college, I went from living on a farm, wide open spaces, animals everywhere, to absolutely nothing to take care of. You know, there's a lot of responsibility on the farm. You know, you're getting up early before school, you're you're exercising your horses, um, you know, helping with the cattle. And there's just a lot of responsibility. And all of a sudden, I didn't have that responsibility anymore. I was really, really lost. I mean, it, it took a lot for me to concentrate. Um, I had a lot of trouble with just keeping myself grounded. I just didn't have anything to look after. And you know, I was talking with my parents that summer and I just said, I feel so much better when I come home. I'm having a lot of fun at college. I like yeah. what I'm doing, but 
I really just feel almost flighty and I'm not getting what I need there. I said, well, will you help me get a dog and find an apartment that will actually allow a dog? Because that's pretty difficult to do. I got this dog. Um, I wanted a dog that didn't shed, so I didn't have the hair and everything everywhere. And, and uh, so I looked into yeah. that and stumbled on the Schnauzer. The Schnauzer is hilarious to me. I love their eyebrows and their beards. They're adorable. Yes. They think they're... 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And so I found the schnauzer. And then um, so I go to look at these dogs and schnauzers are typically salt and pepper. And so I go to look at this little litter of dogs and they're all gray and salt and pepper. And then there is this one pure white one. And they said, well, that one's like a mutated gene. He's not going to be as expensive because that's mutated. Well, now they like the schnauzers like that. But back then it was like, no, we'd give you a discount on them, but you probably don't want them. And it was just really funny because there's all these little gray ones and they're all, you know, kind of piled up. And then there's this little white one. He's off by himself. He's hopping around. He's growling and barking at him. And I'm like, he is kind of weird. I want that one. Uh (laughs) He was Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and so I took him and I'd already picked out the name Asher because I was thinking it's going to be a little gray schnauzer, you know, a little ash colored schnauzer, but he looked like an Asher. So the name stuck. And, uh, I mean, he really, really did help me, you know, pursue what I needed to do. He, he got me into a routine, like, you know, you'd have to wake up in the mornings, get it taken care of walks. And I mean, just all of those things, all of the, the exercise and the nutrition, everything that, comes with taking care of a dog, I started doing for myself better and, you know, got through school. I think that's amazing because I know that uh, when I went away to school, it was it was such a rude awakening on so many levels. If I had had a dog with me because I grew up with dogs as well, it would have changed everything. And and the just the idea that that Asher was there to ground you and also to give Mm -hmm. you this kind of consistency and also the idea that it's not just about yourself, that you have to be showing up that you have to show up for another another being and um, gives you that sense of purpose very Mm -hmm. early on which I think a lot of college students don't get to experience yeah yeah you know and and that's also a time where you're really examining your self-worth as well and I don't know a lot of 19 20 year olds that are like man I'm completely confident in who I am and feeling absolutely wonderful about the path that I have chosen, you know? Uh, so <laughs> I mean, really, you got to think about that, but the, the dog helps you at least get out of some of that, you know, that negative self-talk and that stuff that goes, and won't shut up in your yes. head. You know, it pulls you out of that a lot. And that was, the, I think maybe the biggest thing for me was, you know, Ooh, when am I going to take my dog to play or what am I going to do with my dog later? And, and stuff like that, because then when it's just all about me, I mean, that, that gets kind of scary and kind of messy in a 19-year-old's head. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. And so you graduated from school. You went on to get the two different master's degrees. And how did you find, how did Asher inspire you and your work from there? One of the things that I would do in college was I would take him to visit people, like at nursing homes. Right. So I, I got him trained as a, a therapy dog, you know, a therapy yeah. dog, not to be mistaken with a service animal or emotional support animal, but he was a therapy yeah. dog. And, and that was just a, a time of, you know, healing and excitement for me as well. I mean, you know, we all have our stuff and um, helping others sometimes help us get, you know, get out of that, that place where we get stuck in our own things and thoughts and everything. And so I would take him to uh, go visit people. One of the jobs that I had, um, I ended up transferring to the University of Montana. And when I was there, um, I worked at a group home for people with special needs. That was like my uh, part-time job. 
And a lot of times Asher would get to go with me and everybody was always so excited to see me. I think it was more the dog, but it made me feel great. It made them feel great. And so it, it was a lot of fun, you know, because and, and there's another piece of that, too, is you know, I don't really want to go to my part time job and full time school. And I mean, that's a lot. And so it was always really yeah. fun knowing like people will be really excited to see Asher today. And so, yeah, he yes. he made a difference in a lot of people's lives. And so was that really what kind of started to inspire your own particular practice with mental health? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the bigger things was um, the equine therapy as well. So I was uh, on the rodeo team at the University of Montana. And um, like I'd said, right. uh, Miss Rodeo and and seeing that, um, you know, you could do the equine therapy. And uh, usually at the horse barn, you have a dog tagging along too. And so um, I would always say, well, it's more of a well-rounded, th- I mean, because the barn cats come out, the dogs come out. And it was just really eye-opening to see that the office for mental health therapy doesn't necessarily have to look like an office. And that I could actually have a career as a mental health therapist outside in a horse arena or with my dogs surrounding me and in as soon as that was kind of a realization, it was just like full throttle forward. Let's go back to your personal life. So you are a military spouse. Correct. Yes. So my husband um, was in the military for 11 years. He was army and he just recently got out. Okay. And how did that affect your life? You have children, yes? Yes. Yes. We have two boys. How has it been these past 11 years as a military family? So as a military family, you're moving constantly. You move, um, Mm -hmm. you don't know where you might be going. You could get orders that could come down and say you're leaving in two weeks. We would never really get attached to a house. We would never really get too attached to friends even, honestly. Not too attached to people at jobs or work. Not only that, my husband would be gone. So even if I was moving, it's not like I could completely rely on the consistency of my husband being there. Ash was always there. He was always there. He was, I always called him my co-pilot and he always loved it too. So we, we would always laugh at uh, uh, Asher and, and his little buddy, uh, Eli, we had him as well. It was just a focal point for our family. You know, these dogs that we, that we would play with and, and get home. And especially when um, my husband would be gone and then he'd come home, he would be gone anywhere from six months to a year and then he'd come home. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so for an adult, you know, this is, this is my husband, this is somebody I know. Those are awkward times. You know, everybody sees um, on TV shows or, or, you know, like those YouTube videos of soldiers coming home. Everybody sees that initial moment of where you're just so excited to see them. And that absolutely happens. But the cameras turn off and you're like driving home, sitting next to this person going like, who have you been for the last year? You know, I mean, those, those aren't, you know, they're not playing around over there. Um, and, right. and not only that, for kids, six months to a year is a really long time. That seems like a lifetime to a kid. So, I mean, and not only in the kid yeah. just has grown, you know, kids grow up so fast. So they're almost completely different. So they're trying to interact with dad. I'm, you know, trying to interact with my husband and it can be awkward. It can be really hard reintegrating back home. And I always found that, you know, the dogs were this awesome focal point, almost like a social buffer to help reintegrate him into the home. Because, you know, the dogs, of course, will freak out and they're excited. And so then it's, you know, how has, how have you been, you know, and the kids would kind of look away. Well, how's the dog been? Oh, the dog's been good. He caught a, 
a butterfly in the backyard yesterday or something like that. So it's almost <laughs> like it's like a projection for them to kind of take off the heat and the pressure that the kid or, you know, even I feel when, you know, the husband comes back home. So it's, it's almost like something to project on, you know, let's not just talk about ourselves right now. Cause this is really kind of, you know, it's a different kind of way. Um, but, but the dogs were always, always super fun and, and really helped with that. Well, I could see, like, I know, like with my dogs, if I've been gone for 10 minutes or I've been gone for two weeks, mm-hmm. it's like, they have, <laughs> it's like, it, it's the same level of excitement. So I could see that when your husband's gone for six months to a year to a dog, maybe it feels like he was just, that he just walked out the door. So I right. could see yeah. how the dogs could really help sort of reintegrate and help the family, you know, sort of find its balance again. I think that's a, that's a beautiful, a really great idea for a lot of families that go through transitions like this. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. Prairie, you have, you have three dogs right now. Can you tell me about them? Yeah, so I have um, Tobias. Tobias is a giant schnauzer. So when we got this dog, we had never seen a giant schnauzer in person before, but I wanted, I mean, we just love schnauzers. So we're like, okay, you know, we've had many schnauzers. How different can it be? It's a horse. We have a horse (laughs) that lives in our house. He's 100 pounds. He thinks he's a lap dog. He sits on my eight-year-old, who is 40 pounds. He sits on his lap. He's like a bear rug. Crawl out wherever you're at. So it's really funny. Like in our home, we're super used to it. So you'll just see it hopping around all the time because we're hopping over the dogs because they're going to lay down wherever we're at. (laughs) And so I have Tobias and then I've got, uh, we have Lincoln. He's a mini schnauzer. He's uh, in the 10 to 15 pound range. Okay. He's uh, our ornery little bandit dog, we call. He has stolen the kid. He likes to steal things, and he likes to take the kid's shoes, especially because he knows if he takes the shoes that he's going to get an extra five minutes with the kids before they have to leave. And then uh, recently I got Ellie. She is a little uh, five-pound toy schnauzer. Um, She's brand new. found her on a schnauzer Facebook page. I would uh, recommend staying off of those because you will end up with another dog. Oh, so yeah. anyway, um, so we've had her for a couple months and uh, she is a firecracker and she's the boss, which is pretty interesting because we've had the other dogs for almost four years at this point. And Ellie came in and she decided that she was the boss and this was her house. And so we're dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, in my household, too, I have three dogs and my female, who's the middle sized dog, is the boss of the other two. She's about 15 pounds and she bosses my 100 pound Bernese mountain dog around the house like nobody's business. And um, I love it. I love watching that. Oh, yeah. It's, it, that's funny. I love Burmese mountain dogs. I say that those are like the cover girl of dogs. They are. Oh, they're beautiful. So Asher uh, was with you for how many years? So I had Asher for almost 12 years. We almost hit his birthday, but um, he got cancer. So I was there with him. Yeah. I talked to him, talked to him, told him what a great boy he was, and I, I held him when he left the world. So, Yeah, good for you. And that all of us dog people have been through that, and saying goodbye is really hard. But it, again, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just part of the contract. And mm-hmm. I always want my dogs to see just smiles and love as they, as they transition. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm sorry. And, I, and so this then seemed to inspire you in a different direction. Can you tell me a little bit about the pet loss support group that you, that you created? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
CertiPet gave me this wonderful platform to where I was able to build this uh, pet loss support group and uh, mm -hmm. really started pushing it. Getting that out there and just, uh, you know, because the thing is, too, when people use their animals for part of their mental health, you have to look at that as something that's going to go away cold turkey one day. And so you have to prepare for that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's pretty impactful, especially when you're already dealing with a, you know, mental health or, or something of that nature. I think it's important for, for us to be supportive in that place. A big thing that uh, I, I hear people say a lot is, well, at least it was just a dog. And that really gets under my skin because the thing is, is they're not just yes. a dog. They're there when, you know, we're at our most vulnerable I always feel like they're almost like our secret holders. And when they pass, everything that they helped us get through is, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And so providing support for people as they're going through this and acknowledging their pain and acknowledging that it's not just a dog. This was a piece of your life. This was a piece of your family. I think it's really important for us to do that. I love hearing how your dogs have really impacted your life, both personally in your home and then um, but also professionally so you bring mm -hmm. Tobias with you to work mm -hmm. yeah yeah so if I'm doing in-office counseling then Tobias yeah. uh, Tobias is a therapy dog and, and he will sit in with me or uh, go outside and walk the trails with us but then um, I also a big uh, part of my practice is emotional support animals helping people obtain an emotional support animal that could benefit from one you know and then of course equine therapy is needed as well I've done the equine therapy in Arizona once, and it was so profound, that whole experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that, well, I know that having dogs and being around animals, it, it brings you into yourself in a different way. It grounds, it grounds us, but also just this idea that animals are nature. They represent nature. And mm -hmm. this whole idea of that your work is experiential with animals and nature. I think that is so beautiful. Absolutely. And that's the whole thing. And I feel like all animal therapy is grounded in an experiential modality. And what that means uh -huh. is it's just connecting your mind and your body. You know, we live in a society today where we are so up in our heads. I mean, we are just yes. so stuck up there. We're on our phones, we're on our devices. And, you know, the mind-body disconnect is something that I truly believe is, is where a lot of mental health problems are coming from today. And mm -hmm. the simple act of petting a dog or, you know, I mean, taking a walk and, and actually kind of talking about what's going on. And I mean, that's where you can do your work in therapy. And, um, you know, I have absolutely nothing against in-office work. I still do in-office work, but I really like the experiential piece just because I feel like it, it opens up a whole nother element for people. How have you seen the lives of your clients change? Oh, man, it's amazing. I, I have truly, truly enjoyed my work. The past uh, almost four years, I've been working with CertiPet, and they're just a platform that refers clients who are interested in um, mental health therapy and animal-assisted interventions. Right. And so, um, you know, I get these referrals, and, and I've had some of these clients for up to four years at this point the changes, the impacts. And, and um, you know, especially when I do the complete like renewal assessments and I get clients that are so excited to talk to me and tell me about, I mean, I've had people that were crippled with fear going on flights and now they're like, I can go and see my mom. I don't have to drive 15 hours in the car anymore because I'm not completely disabled by this, this fear, this phobia, and I don't even have to take medication. So, I mean, it's just, it's really rewarding. It is so cool to see. 
there are so many things that they can do. I mean, it's been uh, proven time and time again that the, the physical aspects, uh, they decrease people's blood pressure all the time. I mean, and then the mental piece is too, you come home from work and you sit down and you're like, oh my gosh, that was a day. Or the kids go to bed and you're sitting down and just like, wow, that, wow, so much going on. And your dog crawls up on your lap and looks at you and you start petting him. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, that warm, fuzzy feeling. Those are actually like that huge flush of oxytocin coming to you. And that can be so balancing. It's supernatural, you know, helps everything. I think it really comes down to one main point. I mean, there's all these other wonderful things that they can do. But I think the one main point is that they just provide a sense of consistency for for everybody. You know, depression, it's hard to establish a routine and and get motivated. What's more motivating than your animal asking you to get up in the morning? And, uh, you know, like the anxiety, that's when we get stuck up in our head. What's more consistent than having a dog get in your face the minute that you walk through the door? It's not the only thing you should do. You always need to work on everything. But um, it's a wonderful collaborative form of treatment. And uh, I I just, uh, I'm anxious to see um, where animal animal assisted interventions go here in the future. Where can we find you on social media? Okay, so you can find me at facebook.com slash journeyswithprairie or at my website journeyswithprairie.com. You can also find me on Instagram at prairie.conlon. Conlon is C-O-N-L-O-N. If you are interested in emotional support animals, you can find me often campaigning for certipet.com. And that's about it. So the Pet Loss Support Group, is this on Facebook? Yes. Yeah, we tried to do um, meetings for a while, but that was really hard with people's schedules because it's nationwide. And so it was super hard to do that. So we decided to start doing a Facebook page and it's up and running now. And so what I'm going to start doing is, uh, you know, doing, um, you know, some live visits in there, live chats in there, some prompts to, you know, to talk. And then of course, you know, sharing my own story too, to, you know, get everybody warmed up and, and see that, you know, they're not alone. Thank you, Prairie. We'll talk soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You often hear stories about military families having to move all over the place. And I can imagine how stressful and depressing and how hard this can be. The idea of having a dog or multiple dogs to be there along the way with you is something that clearly makes a big difference for so many people and has for Prairie. I also love that she's brought dogs into her mental health practice for her job and has shown other people the positive ways in which dogs can help us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you. Thank you.